kid. Who? You know? Oh, thanks. Sorry. Hey, Brian. Didn't mean to startle you like that. Yeah, I mean, with with Halloween right out right around the corner, Vinny, it only makes sense that we go ahead and do a podcast on the scariest things. Yep, absolutely. I was thinking of scaring you when we got on this, but you scared me. I was startled at the yeah. beginning of this. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, pretty scared. Jump scares, any kind of scare. Halloween prep is what we're gonna do. Only about four months till Halloween, so might as well get the scary mm-hmm. things out now. Give some costume ideas for people. Although a lot of mine, I don't really know how you would dress up as these, but yeah, if you were startled to begin this, Vinny, wait till you hear what I have to say and you uh, might want to have a spare pair of pants ready. I am wearing two pairs of pants right now, so oh, good. <laughs> go ahead. Feel free to scare me. Give me a shot. Sweet. Take your best stab. All right, Vinny. Well, I'm going to kick this off with easily one of the scariest things out there, and that's going to be middle schoolers. Not a whole lot to say on this, just, oh, right. you know, easily one of the scariest group of people out there. I don't want to steal John Mulaney's joke or anything, but I mean, he hit the nail on the head when he said middle schoolers, they will be mean in an accurate way. They will hit you right on what you're sensitive about. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't even do anything about it. Like if they start just roasting you, you can't roast them back. You can't do anything. Otherwise, you're a piece of shit because they're just a middle schooler and you're not allowed to do that. So they're basically immune to everything and they don't care. So if I'm walking down the street and I see a middle schooler, I am crossing the street without a doubt. Agreed. Strongly agreed. They're at the age where they say what's on their mind without holding it back. They don't have that little thing in their brain telling them, I shouldn't say this to an adult. Yeah. They're going to say it no matter what. So yeah, feel free to avoid them. And they're old enough where like if a preschooler is like, haha, your hair looks dumb. It's just like, oh, Jesse, you jokester. (laughs) Whereas a middle schooler, it's like, oh, wow, no, they actually mean it. Wow, that hurts. Yeah, they know enough to... Pick out your weakest point yeah. and call that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Scary sight. Scary thought. All right, Vinny, what's scary to you? To me, so I really thought of more experiences, I guess. And when you're the victim in a game of peekaboo, man, that's got to be a pretty scary experience. <laughs> not the one giving the peekaboo. It's not the one hiding. The one on the receiving end. I imagine every time they get jumped, they're freaking out. They're scared. Wait, so the victim of a peekaboo. So someone else is covering your eyes. Is that what's happening here? No, like the person who's not seeing things or who can't see the person. Like if you were to cover your eyes, you'd be the peekabooer and I would be the peekaboo-y. And I'd be like, oh shit, Brian, there you are. Oh, I Way see. to go. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 Now that I'm doing it, I see what you're talking about. You're jumping every single time I uncover my eyes. I see what you mean. I'm freaking out every time. So the victim of a peekaboo scare is gotta be. Yeah. Gotta be scary. I guess it makes sense. Cause like, right as I cover my eyes, like you don't know that I'm here anymore. You probably think I'm gone. And then as soon as I uncover it, all of a sudden I'm right in front of your face and it's like, holy shit, where did you come from? Yeah. Not something you're expecting. You just have to jump. I guess all those toddlers out there who just love peekaboo they just have no fear factor to them they don't care <laughs> they're just they're not afraid of fucking anything i'd say they're a step below middle schoolers in terms of their yeah. brain development so they probably yeah. also don't care just like middle schoolers so that's something they have in common that we're noticing i guess so i wish i could stay at that age and just not have that fear factor if i'm ever like yeah going into a battle or something yeah i'm bringing a toddler with me just to see that they're not scared at all and i can then be like yeah yeah I'm going to follow their lead and go in with a load of confidence here. Babies are pretty indestructible too. Like they can fall from heights that we cannot (laughs) and be uninjured by it. And we'll be hurt. Like they can jump from a couch and be fine. And we can jump from a couch and break our wrist. Is it babies where they say they always land on their feet? No matter how high they fall from. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Nine lives too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's nine lives. 
That's for babies. Yeah. Nine lives. They always land on their feet. No wonder they have no fear factor. They're immune to everything. <laughs> what do you think would scare these babies? Oh, man. Well, the next one I was going to say is not something you'd do to a baby. So, okay. Okay. What would scare these babies? I'm going to go with stink bugs, which is the second one on my list. And let me just point out here. I don't consider myself to be someone who's scared of bugs in general. I like spiders. I got no problem. I will go pick that thing up. I will pet it and then release it outside. But stink bugs, Mm. get that shit away from me. As soon as I see a stink bug, I am running in the opposite direction. When I'm married one day, I will tell my wife, I'll get everything out of this house. If there's a goddamn raccoon in this house, I got it. A snake. I got it. But if there's a stink bug, that is all you. I am not going within 500 feet of that thing. I don't know what it is. Something about the way they look, it's just absolutely petrifying. And I would imagine that even babies would probably be afraid of those. They probably don't smell great. I imagine that their name yeah. says they stink. So their name itself just wants you to stray away from it. I understand where you're coming from, man. Yeah, they stink, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> to stink. I don't think I've ever actually smelled a stink bug stink. Oh, you don't want to. Probably because I, as soon as I see one, I'm I'm 50 miles away from it within seconds. So yeah, no wonder I don't smell it ever. I'm pretty sure the first stink bug actually never showered. I'm pretty sure he was the first bug oh. to not shower, and they just renamed the species after it, and now it's a whole stink bug species. It's like its whole thing. So now all these descendant bugs of that one stinky bug, they just get like a really bad rep. Yeah, because it's not that they actually stink. It's just that their great, 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 great ancestor stunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now everyone just guilty by association. Yep. We're comparing apples to apples here. I don't know why we're doing that with bugs, but (laughs) they do stink. These bugs do stink. Yeah, absolutely. Comparing stink bugs to stink bugs here. That's what we're doing. Yeah. All right, Vinny, what's next? What else is scary to you? Brian, this is a scary life experience. And I'm sure you probably have had maybe at some point in your life, right? Okay. So picture this. You... I had just eaten some kind of spicy food. Okay. And you have to go to the bathroom. Can you be more specific? Okay, let's just think. Let's talk about Frank's hot sauce. You just had Frank's hot sauce on top of... What's a spicy meat? Chorizo chicken. Yeah, yeah. You had chorizo chicken with some Frank's, right? Chorizo is actually pork, so I don't think there is chorizo chicken. But maybe there is. Continue. Okay, so chorizo and chicken. You had both, okay? Okay, okay. You had both and some spicy hot sauce. So you had those. You have to rush to the bathroom. There's no time. You have to go. You go to the bathroom. You finish. There is now no toilet paper left. Oh. And there's no toilet paper left. And you're like, oh, crap. I What do I do? What do you do in that situation? Enlighten me. I feel like first you just got to sit there and just take a second to think about what has been done. Okay. First, you got to just consider your options. Is there anyone home right now? Can I just stand up and walk out and grab another one peacefully? Will there be any dribbling on the trail? That's what I have to worry about. (laughs) Dribbling on the trail. Yeah. If there is no other options, worst case scenario. You're going to have to use your underwear. You're going to have to. There's no other choice. Or if there's a shower next to you, you could jump in. But otherwise, yeah. or you could just sit there. You could sit there and wait. Wait for someone to show up unless you live home alone. It's just so difficult. What do you do? You just sit there and you just scream for help at the top of your lungs to the point that your neighbors hear you and they like break down your door because they hear you screaming for help. And then they come in and you're just sitting there with no toilet paper. Yeah, they're like, what's the emergency? I can't wipe. That's the emergency. <laughs> Everyone just needs to invest in a bidet to avoid the possibility of that ever happening. Right. I forgot that washes your rear end. Yeah. 
That's nice. Yeah, that's probably why they invented it for this exact reason. So people wouldn't have to worry about this. Why is it called a bidet? Maybe someone invented it on their birthday, which is often called a B-day. So it's like a bidet and they're like, yeah, this is what I want for my B-day. And someone thought they said bidet. All right. And they were like, okay, we're just going to call this a bidet now. Right. That makes perfect sense. What else is scary, man? What else are you going to scare me with? Are you going to scare me? All right. So this isn't something necessarily super scary per se, but it's very, very nerve wracking. Okay. So it's it's a scary thing to do. I'm going to take a little bit of a sweeter route here. I'm going to say pop in the question. Ooh. And just in case anyone is unaware of what I mean by that, by pop in the question, obviously, I mean asking somebody will you watch a documentary on turtles with me? Because it's super nerve wracking because you're going to learn a lot about that person. That is the number one way actually to get to know someone. Whenever I'm going on a first date, mm -hmm. I always ask, do you want to watch a documentary on turtles with me? If the answer is yes, then we're probably getting married. If the answer is no, then all right, glad I'm not even wasting my time. This is not going to work. So have a good life. Really definitive of the character there. I was thinking that the oh. question originally was, can you please recite the quadratic formula? But I, you oh. you definitely have a better take on this. As long as they're not tortoises. I don't want to yeah. hear about tortoises. I want to watch a turtle yeah. documentary. No, nah, I mean, it's funny you say tortoises because tortoise actually stands for totally ordinary, mm -hmm. real turtle, mm -hmm. obstructing, innocent submarine extravaganzas. Wow. You know, that whole thing that just happened with the submarine, like people going to try to see the Titanic and then they ran out of oxygen and the submarine imploded. That was a, apparently that was tortoises that caused it. It was a tortoise. Oh my goodness. It was a tortoises all along, man. So you don't want to watch a documentary on tortoises. It has to be turtle. Right. The quadratic formula, that's more of a second date kind of thing. It's like if the turtles go well, then I might ask you to recite the quadratic formula. And then we'll really see like, is this serious or like, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, definitely. I do have to ask because this thought popped into my head and I don't know where it came from. But do you think the geese employed the tortoises? Do you think that this is something that's all interconnecting from the other podcasts? The geese are really taking over. I mean, I don't think there's any way to know, but I think it's something that scientists simply have to look into. Right. All the the FBI agents who are already investigating the geese and I hope the tortoises. Mm. I hope they are just connecting the dots here and seeing if these things are related. All right, what do we got next, Vinny? I'm thinking we'll stick to like an animal rage. This is more like rage. And this is something that you have a personal experience with that we have touched upon but it, it has to be oh, fruit boy. fly aggression man fruit fly aggression is oh, scary God. at the end of the day when you think about it they started oh, a man. war yeah they they invaded your bedroom yeah invaded your entire apartment if you will argue that yeah i would say that it's definitely a scary sight. Would you like to speak the firsthand experience to this? Yeah, I mean, maybe we should have talked about this in our Traumatic Moments podcast, but thanks for uh, once again bringing up bad memories. Although I literally see fruit flies flying around me right now. Oh, no. Um, yeah, basically what happened is it has happened twice now in my time since moving to apartments for the last two years. There have been two fruit fly wars, which I have deemed the War of Fruit Fly Aggression. And the mm. second war of fruit fly aggression. Fair. Uh, creative, I know. Um, but basically, there's no fewer than like 50 fruit flies flying around my room at one time. And you could argue that it has to do with the fact that I do have fruit in my room. But I'm not interested in hearing that argument. I just want these goddamn mm. fruit flies to die. They could be 
you know, just sent from their country, just taking over. They're like, all right, this place mm -hmm. has fruit, go take it. You know, that's what they're just given orders at the end of the day. Would you think of capturing them, making them prisoners of war and maybe turning them to your side? I did think of that, but they don't talk, man. Oh. It, it doesn't matter what tactics you break out. They will not say a word. They're loyal. Okay. What country are they from? Do you know? They're from uh, Flylandia. Flylandia. Interesting. Either that or Morocco, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Flylandia or Morocco? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did see one vacationing in Morocco. I don't know if he was vacationing there, if that was a summer home. I don't know. Oh. Uh, yeah. I have heard there's uh, some pretty exotic fruits yeah. in Morocco, so that could be it. Maybe there's also just mango. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope they all die, though, eventually. And not, it's like the invasive fruit flies, not the homeland ones. The, the domestic fruit yeah. flies, you guys are safe. You guys are not doing anything too Brian, yeah. and you're fine. But the other ones, you got to go. Maybe they're assassins hired to take you out. I don't know. Yeah, we don't want any innocent fruit flies dying here, but once you invade my territory... I feel it's well within my right. I think of it like if I were to walk into a lion's den, mm -hmm. would that lion be like, oh, yeah, make yourself comfortable? Or would it maul? No, nah, it would kill you. It would absolutely be like, yeah, you're not allowed to do this. So that's how I feel about these fruit flies. Once you're in my room, no. That's a scary thought for the fruit fly. So fruit flies, that is your scary thought. Yeah. That's for you. I guess so. What other scary thoughts we got? All right, keeping the ball, keeping the ball moving here, Vinny. I'm going to go with keep it scary. one of, or keeping the ball rolling, I guess, whatever the phrase is. I'm going to go with easily one of the scariest feelings that you'll ever feel. Okay. And that's going to be that brief moment right as you start to slip. And before you catch yourself or go down, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And even though it's only like a half a second until you either catch yourself or fall. Right. I feel that moment feels like an eternity. You see your entire life flash before your eyes. You see all the things that you wish you corrected in life, all the people that you wish you told you that you love them one more time. Because as soon as you start to go down, it just feels like it is over. There's nothing you can do about it in this moment. It is just a horrifying, horrifying experience. I'm going to throw you a curveball because what you described oh boy. is how I feel ice skating every time we go ice skating. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. every, And that's 40 no. minutes of that feeling over and over again for no. me. That is how I No. Yeah. So display, just no. explain the difference, please. Ice skating is fun. And Vinny, uh, I'm saying that as somebody who literally, I think every single time I've gone ice skating, I get way too confident right off the bat. And I go out onto that ice and the first thing I do is go down. But I think to myself, that was fun. Let's do this again. And I skate and then I actually kind of get the hang of it. But when you're just like walking home from work or something and there's some black ice on the road and you're not expecting to fall, because that's what it is. When okay. you're ice skating, okay. you're expecting to fall. So you're ready for it. You can brace it. When you're not expecting to fall and you're in an area where socially it's not exactly acceptable to be falling for seemingly no reason that's when it's it's absolutely horrifying i gotta say i don't think it's a very uncommon fear but for whatever reason i think of this is the most random example but back when i was a kid i used to occasionally be an usher at church mm -hmm. so like collect offerings and whatever and then at the end of that you walk down the aisle and you like give the offerings to the priest or whatever it is i don't even remember but every time i would walk down that main aisle I was always so scared that I was somehow going to fall. 
that I was just going to trip over myself and just go down because <laughs> that would be so tragic. But I mean, thinking about it, that'd be so funny no. just for no reason at all. You're just walking down a lane and you just go down. Not only all eyes were on you, but the Lord's eyes were on you as well, Brian. Yeah, I think that might be what it was. I had to say a prayer before I walked down that aisle every single time. I was like, God, please have my back. Don't <laughs> let me fall here. I'm doing this for you. Please, please keep me upright. Fear of falling, absolutely <laughs> a scary thought. Fear of seconds before falling. Right. As you're falling, not as scary. Because you're like, oh, I'm already falling at this point. You're already going yeah. down. Yeah. Once you know if you're staying up or going down, then it's like, all right, you know, I can accept this. I can deal with it. But it's that brief moment where it's it's unknown. You have no idea what's going to happen. You might not make it out alive. You don't know. Yeah. Or you might be perfectly fine, but it just makes you question everything about your existence. What else we got, Vinny? All right, so let's picture this. I'm just going to state it, and then we'll just, we'll discuss. So anytime I'm standing next to a toaster, it just scares the shit out. You, you know, you're not expecting it to pop. No matter what the heat setting is, you could set it to low, you could set it to high. Anytime it pops, you're shocked. You're jumping. There's no staring at it and saying, yeah. I'm going to expect it. There's no expecting it. It just pops when it feels like it. It's just a scary experience. Yeah, it's like a jack-in-the-box, except instead of a clown <laughs> popping out, it's bread. And also, Vinny, that's why I actually have a toaster oven is because that way nothing pops. That, that is the only reason I have a toaster oven instead of a toaster. I don't want anything popping. I don't want anything scaring me. That's not how I need to start my day. Yeah. And you can see the dial on a toaster oven going down so you know exactly when it's going to ding and not have to worry about being scared at all. Because the heat setting on a toaster stays. It stays the same. It does not change. Yep. It's just... You have to look in there and see how orange it gets. If it's getting more orange, it's getting hotter. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, pop and just crumbs in your eyes. That's how a toaster works. I think they do say don't look directly into the toaster, probably for that exact reason, so it doesn't pop up right into your eyeballs. Maybe we'll take note of that. I didn't read the instructions. I assumed no. that it was just, you know, something that toasted things. Shout out to the guy who invented toast, by the way. He just <laughs> cooked bread twice. He's just great ideas, man. <laughs> cooked bread twice? Oh, yeah. Think about how you baked bread twice. I guess you're baking it once and then you bake it a second time. Yeah. To get it toasty. Yeah. <laughs> I always love inventions like that. Like you just got bread and it's like, yeah, this is good. But what if we made it crispy? What if we made it hard and just completely changed the texture of it? And then it works. And it's like, yeah, no, this is actually this is actually really good. This is going to be a thing for years to come. Yep. They said, let's bake this a second time. That will do it. That'll get this done. It's like whoever invented ice. They just thought to themselves, you know, water is good, <laughs> but what about if we had this in a solid form? And then boom, they they ran some equations, probably the quadratic formula. So it must have been a second date with someone. Oh, yeah. And then invented ice. That's a genius right? idea. Don't even get me started on steam. I could go for some ice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Give me another scary thought, man. I'm going to round this out with my last scary thing here. And that's going to be probably the single no most nerve-wracking test in the world. We've all taken a lot of tests in our days, and they might be scary. I see you're trying to think where I'm going with this. I don't think you're going you're to know where I'm going with this. But that is going to be, Vinny, the driver's test. Ooh. The first time you get behind a wheel, and it really matters. And it's a terrifying moment, because if you fail your driver's test, then especially in high school when you're first taking your driver's test, all your friends are then going to rip on you for being a shit driver. And that's just not a stigma that you want attached to yourself. And then I can't even imagine if you fail yeah. it again. Oh, man, that's just tough. Like you got to wait like months before you can actually retake it. 
Thank God for me, I passed my driver's test, but it was it was actually kind of a scary moment. I did everything perfect. I came to a full stop at all the stop signs. I did not go above the speed limit, and I crushed the parallel park. And then came the three-point turn. This is what happened, Vinny. My instructor person says to me, Oh, my goodness. And also, I'll point out, I thought the three-point turn, the K-turn, was easily my best driving attribute. I was like, this is a breeze from here. I'm good. I have passed. It's your middle initial, Brian K. Long. You know, it's, it's not, but sure, for the sake of this, we'll pretend it is. Brian K. Turn Long. Yeah, they don't call me Brian K. Turn Long for nothing. But yeah, so I hit the parallel park perfectly. And then I'm sitting in the parallel park spot and the instructor person says to me, you have two options here. And I think to myself, okay, I got to pick one of these two options. And he says, option A, you can pull out of the spot and go up there and do your K turn. And then he says, option B. You can do the K turn out of the spot from where you are right now. Okay. And I think to myself, I'm going to go big or go home here. I'm going to do the K turn right here. I'm not going to add five seconds to this test. I'm going to crush this thing right here and be done with it. So I pull out and then I'm backing up. The problem is I should not have done it here because the, the road that they have you parallel park on, at least for my driving test, is really, really narrow. Like there's no room at all. So I should not have opted for this choice. But so start to pull out of it. All is looking good. And then I start to back up. And then I realize I'm not going to make it. There is not enough room here. I made a mistake. No, shouldn't have done this. So I had two choices here again. Once again, two options. A and B again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with A and B again. So option A, go for it and probably hit the cone. And then I think I fail. Option B do a five-point turn, and hope that he doesn't fail me. So as soon as I realized that three points was just not going to work because I was going to hit this cone, I ruled out option A, and I turned to him and I say, am I going to fail if I do a five-point turn? And he just like shrugs and doesn't say anything. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to fail if I hit the cone, so let me just go for it. And I do the five-point turn, and thank God he did not care at all. He passed me. I was good. That is sweet. Five-point turn is like a one. Is that an M? Uh, how many points is that? That's an M turn, Brian. No, it's kind of you're kind of just making a star. It's a star point turn. That's what we're going with. <laughs> That's what he said to himself. He said that was a beautiful star point turn. That was like the Capricorn star, the whatever, the Northern star. That was like that was beautiful. You know, That's probably why he passed you. He did actually say afterwards to me. He said, "You're a superstar," and then gave me a gold star. Ooh. And I didn't really get it at the time, but now I do. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't think I I remember my instructor. She was probably nice. Mine certainly wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all like DMV driver or whatever people are just like, they just would rather be anywhere else. It is. Is that a dangerous job? Is that a scary job? You know what? It's funny you say that because like when we were getting our permit, it, part of the requirement was to have like, what was it? Like three, like five hours of driving experience or yes, six hours. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. So then there's that person who like brings the car to you and sits in the passenger seat there. That seems like a dangerous job to me. I'm shocked that those people aren't way more nervous about their jobs. Basically putting somebody who doesn't know what they're doing behind the wheel and they just they just don't care. They're just well, it's not that they don't care, but they're just not fearful at all. Yeah. You know what? I'm changing my answer from driver's test to being the driving instructor in that who's car. teaching people how to drive an actual car for the first time and taking them onto like highways and praying that this person can actually operate a motor vehicle and not crash and get them killed. 
They do have a break on their side yeah. from what I remember. Like yep. my guy had one, but other than that, they have no control. Yeah. It makes me think of the Dr. Seuss live action movie where like a wheel popped out in doc in like the cat in the hat's uh, <laughs> car and a secondary wheel popped out in the passenger seat and he ended up driving the car maybe that's what i think that the instructors have like they have a steering wheel behind their dashboard ready to go it could be i guess i was just too phenomenal of a driver but anyone who has done anything we've mentioned in our bad drivers podcast i bet they had their instructor when they were getting their permit break out a separate steering wheel and take over control of the car definitely has to be i definitely agree with that all right Vinny, why don't you close this out with one more one more scary thing well, I'm going to throw out the scariest number of all time. This is not the thing, but 13 is the scariest number. I just want people to know that it is. Yeah. Yeah. But Brian, I want to go with probably the scariest thing that I'm going to name so far Ooh. is being unaware of a balloon popping next to you. Oh, oh my shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I just thought of that. and that just... You okay? You thought there was. Yeah. Yeah. That just scared me out of my shoes. Oh, my. Wow. My heart's going a million miles an hour right now. Yeah, no, there's nothing scarier than a, a random, super loud popping noise that you're not expecting. Because because balloons are just so much fun to play with. So, of course, you're just like a cat just batting it around, chasing it and hitting it again. And then when it pops, yeah, completely unexpected, the impact of the explosion, I would imagine, would probably blow you off your feet and you just fall on your back with shattered eardrums. And I think that's what happens when a balloon pops. I could be wrong. I think Harvard did say that, that. That's what happened after their research. Yeah, they did research on that too. Yeah, that Harvard looked up how many balloon pops does it take to fully knock out human consciousness, and I believe it's three. Oh, only three. Yeah, it is. It is a few balloons. Really, I don't know how much psi is involved. I think it's like nine. But shout out to Harvard scholars. Uh, at least, yeah, definitely at least nine. Hope you guys enjoyed the scariness. Yeah, hopefully we didn't startle or spook anyone too badly with with all these scariest things on the planet. But hopefully that gave you some Halloween costume ideas. If you want to dress up as a stink bug, that's fine. Just don't come anywhere near me. Um, dressing up as a middle schooler, I would not recommend. I don't think that would go over well. No, I don't think so either. See you all on Halloween. Ooh. <laughs>